Welcome to the Pusher Pivot Podcast, a podcast that inspires you to trust yourself in the crossroads of life. I'm your host, Thea Charles. As a life coach, I know that when you put fear aside and trust yourself, you'll know when to push through adversity and when to stop, reassess, and pivot. I believe magic happens whenever a pusher pivot story is shared. And that magic is exactly what you'll find here. On this episode, I spoke with Stephanie Michelle James, who goes by Just a Vessel. Stephanie is a poet, vocalist, speaker, and also a digital nomad who has traveled to 38 states and 38 countries. She spends one to two months in each country sharing her gifts around the world. Her goal is to encourage her peers to step outside of their comfort zone. Stephanie, I am so excited to have you on the Pusher Pivot. I've been like diving through your website and listening to your music and I'm just really excited for this. So without much further ado, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you having me. Um, as well. And thank you for looking at the website and, and um, enjoy. I'm glad you enjoyed what you saw. So thanks yes. for having me. Definitely, definitely. Everyone's got to check it out. You have an amazing voice. But instead of me gushing on you, I would <laughs> love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm originally from Colorado Springs. People always say, oh, there's Black people in Colorado. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> the only one. Um, just you. <laughs> yeah, just me. Just me. Um, actually, I mean, there's a really big like army base there. The Air Force Academy is there. Um, one of the Olympic training centers is there. So there's like a little bit more diversity than we get credit for. But yeah, I'm originally from Colorado Springs. I um, grew up there and I was playing basketball. That was my first love. So I played basketball um, throughout high school. I mean, our, my high school's um, Hall of Fame for basketball. And then I um, got a basketball scholarship to Hampton University. Uh, So I went to Hampton for four years and played there and really fell in love with the East Coast and just the DMV area. I mean, Hampton Roads is not the DMV, but it's close. Right. So I got a kind of a taste of uh, the diversity that the East Coast offers. And then after school, I got an internship with the uh, 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing. And that kind of started my travel bug, um, so to speak. Yeah. So, I, I mean, when your first trip out is, is Beijing, like China, like <laughs> it's another world. Uh, I just made me want to see more and explore more and like appreciate other cultures and just really took me outside of my comfort zone early on. So I was with NBC Universal doing that internship for about a month um, in China and then came back and I started working for a Fortune 50 company for eight years, was on the fast track and moving up. And they said, you know, you have to, they had to promote me every like a year and a half, they had to move me, move me along. And I just got to a point, like I went to Italy, I went to Greece, and then I just started having this like insatiable desire to travel and see more of the world. So I started to look up ways that I could um, do that. And yeah, and that, that kind of came to a point where I had to make a decision, right. Being with an organization for eight years and really growing, growing in that organization, loving that organization. But then also, you know, when do you honor what you also want for yourself personally as well and trying Mm -hmm. to make those two meet. Um, So that's kind of like where that all starts. But yeah, so I was initially just basketball and then 
Fortune 50 and starting my travels. And that's kind of what led me to where I am, where I am today. I worked at the bank as an intern for a little while and we couldn't sit down. Uh, We couldn't sit down and it was like not super busy. So you're just standing around all day. And so I started to write um, because that was the only thing I could do. You couldn't read, you couldn't sit down, you couldn't do a lot of things while you're waiting for customers to come. And so I started to write. And as I was writing, I was like, oh, this is not bad. Like this stuff I'm writing is pretty good. And my sister was like, oh, you know, when you read it out loud, it sounds really great as well. And so coming over to the East Coast, uh, fast forward, um, poetry was a very big staple out here and not even just writing poetry, but spoken word and the art of it and the performance of it. And so I really got into around like 2013, I really got heavy into the spoken word scene and sharing my gift through the medium of poetry. So between poetry, travel, that's kind of like where my life has started to to go in that direction. And um, I love it. And I've been in that direction since. That's awesome. That's awesome. And just like the whole evolution of mm-hmm. going on that first trip and how everything kind of opened up from there. Right. Um, that's cool. I've, I've been to Japan, not China, but, mm-hmm. and I just, I just thought it was amazing. I was really young when I went, I was an exchange student. And it was just oh, like wow. the world, <laughs> you know, you just want to see everything. Um, I guess what prompted you to start? I know you said that you were at the bank and that's, you didn't have anything else to do, but like, was <laughs> writing always like a, a thing for you? Like, where did it come from? Not really. So, I mean, as I was younger, I used to sing and, and one of my, my best friend's dad was actually like kind of high up. Like he worked for the city of Colorado Springs, which was mm-hmm. really fun because we were in a dance team. So he would put me on stage early on to like sing and I do beatboxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was on stage early, but it wasn't until I started working at the bank that I started dabbling in writing and just realizing that I was pretty good at it. And like people liked what they were hearing. So, yeah, that's where it really started. And then, as you know, like the first thing that you write, if I go back and read my first poem now, I'm like, oh, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but the more you do it, the more you enjoy it, the more it develops and you grow in that space. So um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed writing and then seeing the growth in your writing, right? Because you, you honestly, you write about where you are and you mm-hmm. can't, um, like it, there's that quote, like people don't see the world how it is. People see the world through the lens in which they're looking at it. So you can only really write about where you are or try to empathize and get inside of somebody else's headspace or mind space. But yeah, so I've seen the evolution of my writing with the evolution of myself. Oh, that's yeah, like yeah, as, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what kind of things do you write about? Um, so it's really inspirational poetry. It's really okay. inspirational poetry. So like I like to motivate. Um, I have my most, most recent pieces. One I opened for Common this year, which was mm-hmm. a big accomplishment for me. Um, and it was for the MLK Day. So it was really like a Black Lives Matter, like legacy poem, um, talking about our ancestors and the sacrifices that they've made for us to be where we are. Um, so more like an empowerment piece. I have some women empowerment pieces and then just a lot about fighting for what you want and being who you are and just encouraging people. So most of my work is encouraging and motivational pieces for sure. Yeah. And your writing is incredible. I did listen when I first heard of you, I listened to your poem that you opened for Common and it was just really incredible. Oh, thank you. Gosh, what would you tell someone who is thinking about writing? Ooh, um, so it's so funny. So I wanted to, I used to want to be a motivational speaker. I still kind of do like that might be in my, in my future, 
but there was a motivational speaker and I'm like the person that goes home, like after church, I don't wait around to like talk to the pastor after a speech. I don't wait around to speak to the, the speaker, but this particular speaker, I really did want to hear more from. And so I'm saying all this to get to your, to your question. Yeah. Uh, so I waited around and I spoke to her and I was like, you know, what do I do? What do I have to do to like start motivational speaking or like be where you are? And I literally waited for like an hour to speak to her. And she said, just start. And I was so annoyed. I was like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> but as like now, I actually would say the same to someone. And I agree, like, it's just about starting and prioritizing something that's important to you or that's essential. So if you want to start writing, like write one page every day, one or two pages, even if it's awful, right? Even if it's complete rubbish, like write it down. And as you're, as the days progress, as the time progresses, as you're practicing it more, you're going to become better at it. So if you want to be a writer, if that's something that you aspire to do, like just get started, right? Even if you don't know what that looks like, even if you're not doing it the perfect way right away, like just get started. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that, that quote that you don't need to know where the top of the staircase goes. You just take the first step. Exactly. Exactly. Have you been inspired by the stories shared on the Pusher Pivot, but feeling a little stuck at your own crossroads? If only there were a guide to get unstuck. Well, I've made one just for you. Six steps to help you recognize what is keeping you stuck and push you out of your rut. You can access it for free on my website, fiarenell.com slash rut. That's T-H-E-A-R-E-N-E-L dot com slash R-U-T. Yeah. So where, where do you perform now? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, 2020 has been all virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been super grateful, though, because I've had the opportunity. I mean, this like I opened for Common in January. So that was kind of before everything was starting to shut down. Um, but then the other events that I've done um, for my church, like for Easter, like Resurrection Sunday. And then um, the most recent I did like a birthday party, a surprise virtual birthday party for somebody. Um, so I'm, I'm just grateful that we have technology, you know, and we're still able to I'm still able to do what I love and get paid to do what I love um, virtually. And Mm -hmm. so that's been, that's been huge um, for me this year. Um, In the past, I actually had a business. I don't have it any longer, um, but I still kind of dabble in it, but I used to help um, artists to travel internationally. So I was, I've been to 38 countries and most of the countries I've been to, I've been able to perform in. And people always like, how are you doing this? Like, how, how do you make those connections? How do you have that conversation um, to get that started to perform in Italy? What does that look like? Right. Mm -hmm. What are my first steps? And so I had this, um, an organization that would help artists travel international. So like helped a London artist do like 25 shows in the States in over nine different cities. Right. And so um, I say that to say I've performed everywhere, right? I've performed yeah. all the places that, that I've been. And that was like a big deal for me. That was one of my goals. Like, okay, I'm in Croatia for X amount of time. Where can I perform? Where can I share my work? And to be received so warmly um, from non-English speakers, like I've had people buy my albums that don't even speak English because they like the delivery, right? right. So being able to perform in different venues, it's humbling, 
one, because you don't know how you're going to be received in Uruguay or mm-hmm. Bulgaria, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's also really exciting and, and it's fun. So yeah, I used to perform everywhere that I was, um, primarily in open mics or, you know, I've done Notting Hill Carnival in London, you know, so some big stages, some smaller stages, but I would say like two or 2000, you got to give it your all regardless of who's in the room. Right. So yeah, I've enjoyed that and I miss it a lot, but this year has been more in the virtual space, which is fine too. Mm -hmm. Just amazing what your voice can do. Right. You know, like just to be able to reach people, even if they don't even speak the same language that you can get a feeling just from hearing someone is really, it's really awesome. And, and even like using that throughout now, now that we're so much of, of everything is virtual, I even find like with this podcast, it's just amazing how many more people I feel like I've been able to reach mm. just in the comfort of my living room. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's an incredible thing when you think about it. Gosh, Stephanie. What else should we know? Yeah, for sure. I think too, like for anybody that's interested in moving abroad, you know, or or wanting to chase that dream that they're looking for, like that's, it's really just taking that leap. You know, I wanted Frito-Lay to um, be more progressive in the sense when I was working there and like allowed me to work remote, but it just wasn't in the cards at the time. They're pretty much on that wave now, but this was maybe 2016 when I was looking to transition. Um, and it's really about taking that leap. I wouldn't advise anyone not to have another job lined up when they leave, like I did. But I thought I would get one like very soon. So it took me about two months once I left the organization to find another job that I wanted to do. And, and my goal was to work remotely. As long as I had Wi-Fi, you can work anywhere in the world, right? That's yeah. what's talking about the power of technology right now. So went to Ecuador, was in Chile, like looking for work and then, you know, just applying for a bunch of different jobs. The other thing I would tell like your listeners is that there's so many opportunities to work remotely. Like sometimes people think that if you're not in tech or now I work for a tech company now, so that's like <laughs> it's wrong, but however, it's like on the sales side. So I've been working remotely for three and a half years, primarily in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, having conversations uh, with people like you can do marketing, you can learn UXUI and like, don't be afraid to learn something new. Right. Cause sometimes we get so stuck in the comfort of what we already know and what we've always mm-hmm. done. And we're scared to take that leap of faith. Right. And it's like, if you really want this lifestyle or you really want to do something like this, it's almost working backwards. Like, this is what I want. What are the steps that I have to do or the things that I have, like the steps that I have to take to get there. Um, and I feel like, that leap of faith changed my life, right? Because otherwise I would have been on the fast track, going yeah, on a national platform in an organization, but not really honoring what I wanted for myself, which was traveling. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to work and travel at the same time. And I don't regret it at all. I was told when I left that I was ruining my career, that my peers were going to pass me up, that I was making a huge mistake. Of course, mom is, you know, be careful. I don't know where you're going. Be safe, you know, which is fair and respected and appreciated. But sometimes you just have to do what's necessary for you and and what you know. And and my mom came to Thailand to visit me. And my sister was in Ecuador and Argentina. And I had 16 visitors um, throughout the 2017. I was in 18 countries and 16 people came and enjoyed different countries alongside me. And so it's almost like people will feel like it's impossible until it's done. 
Like once mm-hmm. you do it, they're like, oh, that is cool that you're doing. Like they're scared. So they kind of put that projection on you. Yeah. But what I would say is that if you if you have a dream, if you have something, if you want to move abroad, like it's all about researching. Now, I tell people to take a leap, but also make sure that that leap is calculated. Right. Mm-hmm. How far down is it? Is the water deep enough that you're not going to hit rock bottom when you go like, yes, take that jump, but also make sure that it's a calculated jump and that you're planning for what's ahead. But jump nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you know those things. Uh-huh. And what you're saying about other people projecting is just what you were talking about at the beginning, but you can only see things through your own lens. Mm-hmm. And the person exactly. that can see you the best is yourself. Exactly. And so, but once you're doing it, it's almost like you're, you're giving people permission to do it as well. You're mm-hmm. showing people that it can be done. Maybe you were the first one or you were one, one of the ones to get started before it was a popular thing. Now everybody is experiencing working from home. Like I, I don't like the pandemic. I don't like that there has been deaths and that there has been pain for a lot of people. But I do think that something good that's come from it is it's shown so many people that you can be successful in a virtual realm. Um, A lot of companies and organizations that were very opposed and saying that the productivity would drop are realizing that, oh, we're saving money on office supplies and not having to pay mileage. And we are seeing more productivity because people are at home and there's no reason for them to sign off sometimes. So people are working more in this virtual realm. And so I think what it's done for the digital nomad community is going to be unparalleled moving forward. Mm-hmm. So many of my friends that never worked remote before don't want to go back to the office or want a hybrid type of role when they do return so that they can work from home sometimes and have that work-life balance. So I think what it's done for the digital nomad community is going to be massive, like moving forward. It's changed the world in that, in that sense. Um, so that's exciting to me. Um, I've kind of been on that wave for three years, but it's nice that like the world to catch up. And realize yeah. that you can be in Morocco and still do your work. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that is so true. And just kind of like taking care of yourself as a whole rather mm-hmm. than just this is I need to do this for my job is also what I need to do for me. That, right. That's the thing that I love the most about working from home is if I need to sleep a little extra, I right. can because I'm not <laughs> running for that train, you know? So right. it's just um it's just real it's really great. Thank you. There's so many great gems that you've brought up. If you could give someone a piece of advice, what mm-hmm. would it be? Oh man, if I could give some advice, what would it be? I would say I was listening to this podcast about essentialism. They said something so important in there like start every day or every week asking yourself what you need to do to feel fulfilled for that week. And that's what I would encourage everyone to do because I feel like sometimes we we say yes to a lot of things to seem busy, to feel productive. And yeah, you might check off 20, 40 things that you've gotten done for the day, but all of us have had a day where we get every single thing done that we wanted to accomplish and we still feel like something is missing. We still feel like we didn't do anything that day. And that's because we didn't accomplish the big important things that we really wanted to get done for ourselves. So I would say start every day, every week with the question of what can I do today for myself for this day to feel accomplished, for this day to feel like I fulfilled my purpose or I've made a step toward my goal. 
And I think that we say yes sometimes to too many things. And we've got so many things going on. Instead of saying no to those things that aren't important and yes to the very few things that are going to make us feel more fulfilled, to make us feel like we are reaching our purpose and our calling more in life. So that's what I would say is to like what really dig in to what's important to you and, and the why, the why behind the what, right? This is what you want to do, but why do you want to do that? Why is that important? And I think when we step back, like they say, the most successful people in the world, they spend at least an hour every day thinking. And so, you know, some of us, we kind of just go through our day and we let the day run us. I got this email, I've got this, I'm working on this, I'm working on that. We haven't really sat down and thought about what's important to me. What do I want my life to be? If, if, if I, if tomorrow, tomorrow's not promised and we say that so cliche, but it's really not. So if I died today, tomorrow, what would I have left on, what stones would I have left unturned? that I really wanted to do, that I really wanted to see through. So yeah, I would just beg that the audience kind of ask themselves that question and honor the answers. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, I think it's funny because you said you, you'd like to become a motivational speaker. Yeah. <laughs> you are a motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I think too, that's funny that you say that because we don't give ourselves enough credit, right? Everybody's their worst critic. Everybody is... Not everybody, but a lot of us are, are very like tough on ourselves, you know, it's like, but you want to look forward, you want to always grow and develop and evolve, but also look at how far you've come, celebrate how far you've come, appreciate how far you've come. Maybe you don't have the following you want, maybe you don't have the audience that you want just yet, but like, are you doing the work? Are you doing what you love? Are you honoring what you said you wanted to do for yourself, Right. It's like, oh, I want to be an international artist. And like, but you are, you know, oh, I want to be a CEO. Well, you are. Maybe your company doesn't have it. Like, it's not where you want it to be or the bottom line isn't looking like how you want it to look. But you are. You are those things. And so it's like owning that and speaking prosperity um, in spaces that you don't see them yet. But manifesting that still, like I, I am doing this, right? Like, it's not at the, the level I want. I still want to level up. I want to grow. I want to increase you know, my platform and all that, but, but still honoring what you have done so far. And I think it's funny because everybody was saying that 2020 is the year of perfect vision. Um, it was going to be the year of clarity and everybody, obviously we all have the memes and the craziness of 2020 mm -hmm. and awful <laughs> for so many people, but I actually do still believe that it is a, a year of perfect vision. It was, it wasn't in the way that, that we anticipated, but it has made people sit back and sit still mm -hmm. and say, what is important? Wow. These are things that I took for granted. Going to the movies, going mm -hmm. to, to out, going out to eat, hugging our elder, you know, community, being mm -hmm. able to go and sit with them and learn from them. And, and you don't know what you've taken for granted until it's gone that, you know, exactly. like, nobody could have told me a year ago that I couldn't go anywhere. I wanted to go whenever I wanted to go there. Nobody could have told me that my little blue passport, my little blue passport that was so strong would be blacklisted in mm -hmm. this year. But I'm so grateful that, yeah, I, yes, I do want to go to more countries. I want to see more and do more, but I am so grateful that I have been to 38 countries, that I have been paragliding and skydiving and scuba diving and all of the things um, because life can change in a moment, in an instant. And it really, this year has really made you sit back and say, one, wow, 
um, what's going to happen next. So much, so many uncertainties. Um, but two, thank you. Thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you. My family is okay. Thank you for my job. Thank you for creating platforms for me to still continue to work. Um, it's, it is the year of perfect vision because I think it's put a lot of things in perspective for many of us mm-hmm. of what's important and what's really not in the grand scheme of things, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's a great reflection on the year. It has been eye opening mm-hmm. for everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, how can people learn more about you? Yeah, for sure. I would love to connect with your audience um, to connect with me on Instagram or on all of the social media platforms. It's just the vessel. So J U S T A V E S S E L 22 um, on all of the social media. And then my website is just the vessel poetry.com. Um, and there it has all like I did travel vlogs. So from the 38 countries, I have a vlog. I have my GoPro with me all, at all times. <laughs> um, so if you like want to glimpse into different countries or like I always got the place that I was staying so you can see how I'm living and like even just, you know, these are very fresh in my mind from 2017. But maybe in 2030, Lord willing, I will look back and say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or like I did it for myself and I shared it with the world is really how I look at it. Yeah. Um, but I have travel vlogs from everywhere that I've been on the website. And then all of my poems are there. And I have the opportunity to do some international videos. So uh, I did one, my first poem, international poem was, um, it's called Shaken. And I filmed it in Caminito in Buenos Aires in Argentina. And it's like a very colorful town. And basically the story behind it is the town didn't have enough money to pay for paint for painting the city. And mm-hmm. so they just use paint whenever they got it. Like whatever was left over, they used mm-hmm. it for the city. So the city is so colorful and it's all different colors. Like a house might be blue, purple, orange, green, red, all over. It's just different colors because they use leftover paint to paint the city. So it's really cool. That sounds cool. Um, yeah, so Shaking was filmed in Caminito and then, um, what kind of God was filmed in Budapest. And that was really cool because I wanted to get the, the atmosphere of Budapest. Like they, they're a country that is very small and I don't know, people have tried to take it over many, many times. So there's bullet holes like that they've left in their buildings, which are in the video. There's a really sad story about a lesser, community being pushed off of the side wall into the river. And so there's a place there, it's on the Dunna River and their shoes are there. And there's like a memorial of their shoes, like in great, in, embedded into the, the floor oh. um, to memorize, like, what do you call it? To memorialize. Memorialize, there you go, yeah. to memorialize um, those lives that were lost during that time. So it's just, it's, there's a lot of history in Budapest and I wanted to capture that. And I, my videographer, um, Emmy, she is from there. She's native Hungarian and, uh, we've become really good friends. We, I'm actually speaking to her, uh, probably tomorrow sometime we have like a, a call set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool to like engage, you know, with different people and, and to create these videos. So what kind of God is filmed in Budapest? And then the last one is, um, hidden heart. And that was filmed in Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh City. And, and if you've never been to Vietnam, like, it's insane. 
<laughs> like it's it's absolutely sensory overload. Like you go out there and you, everything you see, you smell, you hear, it's like happening to you all at the same time. There are 7 million scooters just wow. to give you an idea of like how it is. There's no like traffic rules or anything. There's just everybody just going crazy everywhere, whichever way. Um, and so I captured that as well in Hidden Heart. You can really see the chaos, um, but it's organized chaos in their city. And so it was fun. It was fun to film different projects in different countries. And so yeah, I enjoyed that. But all of that's on the website. So if anybody's interested in like checking that out, it's justavesselpoetry.com and just the vessel 22 on social media. Awesome. And that will definitely be in the show notes so everyone can find you easily. Awesome. Stephanie, thank you again so much for being on. Thank you for sharing. And this has just been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. I've enjoyed speaking with you. That was a great conversation with Stephanie. I was struck by how she found her voice and decided to use it to inspire others by simply sharing her experiences. Outside of the podcast, she told me that her mantra is, if I inspire you, you are my inspiration. What is the nugget of inspiration that you are taking away from her story? And how can you inspire others by sharing yours? Thank you for listening to the Push or Pivot podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and please leave us a review. To learn more about this show and to access the show notes, visit our website, pushorpivot.com. I'd also love to hear from you. Share your thoughts and takeaways with me on Instagram at pushorpivot. Thank you for listening. And join me next time on the Push or Pivot podcast.